Welcome to the IT Privacy and Security Weekly Update for June 1st, 2021. We prescribe an update that's just chock full of news that could very well help you see more clearly or leave you blind wondering why you just bought those really dear headphones. We start with tracking, move on to toothpaste, and then get a nosebleed from hits the ransomware group Conti has inflicted before we have our use of a certain term validated. We discover how to tell the difference between dumb AI, smart AI, and really smart AI. And we leave you with a couple of health checks that have nothing to do with IT privacy or security, but could have you feeling much better about your own visual and audio acuity. This is, without a doubt, just what the doctor ordered. So let's hang up our jackets, roll up our sleeves, and get going. Our first story from Forbes out of China. Alibaba's huge browser business is recording millions of Android and iPhone users' private web habits. If you went to download the Alibaba-owned app UC Browser this month, whether from Google's Android Play Store or Apple's iOS App Store, you would have been promised that with its incognito mode, no web browsing or search history would be recorded. Such guarantees, alongside promises of fast download times, have made the app created by Alibaba subsidiary UC Web incredibly popular across the world, with 500 million downloads on Android alone. According to one analysis, it's the fourth biggest browser by user numbers in the world. However, privacy pledges made by UC Web are misleading, according to security researcher Gabby Serling. His findings, verified for Forbes by two other independent researchers, reveal that on both Android and iOS versions of UC Browser, every website a user visits, regardless of whether they're in incognito mode or not, is sent to servers owned by UC Web. Serlig said IP addresses, which could be used to get a user's rough location down to the town or neighborhood of the user, were also being sent to Alibaba-controlled servers. Those servers were registered in China and carried the .cn Chinese domain name extension, but were hosted in the U.S. An ID number is also assigned to each user, meaning their activity across different websites could effectively be monitored by the Chinese company. So, what's the upshot for you? If this kind of story doesn't shock you into action, the next one will. From Twitter, we have a global story. A week at my mom's house and now I'm getting ads for her toothpaste brand. As explained by Robert G. Reeve. First of all, your social media apps are not listening to you. This is a conspiracy theory. It's been debunked over and over again. But frankly, they don't need to because everything else you give them unthinkingly is way cheaper and more powerful. Your apps collect a ton of data from your phone, your unique device ID, your location, your demographics. Data aggregators pay to pull in data from everywhere. When I use my discount card at the grocery store, 
Every purchase, well, that's a data set for sale. They can match my Harris Teeter purchases to my Twitter account because I gave both those companies my email address and phone number, and I agreed to all that data sharing when I accepted those terms of service and the privacy policy. Here's where it gets truly nuts, though. If my phone is regularly in the same GPS location as another phone, they take note of that. They start reconstructing the web of people I'm in regular contact with. The advertisers can cross-reference my interests and browsing history and purchase history to those around me. It starts showing me different ads based on the people around me. It will serve me ads for things I don't want, but it knows that someone I'm in regular contact with might. So, they know my mom's toothpaste. They know I was at my mom's. They know my Twitter. Now, I get Twitter ads for my mom's toothpaste. Your data isn't just about you. It's about how it can be used against every person you know and people you don't to shape behavior unconsciously. So, what's the upshot for you? If this article doesn't make you want an iPhone, you probably already have one. From aha.org, out of Ireland, more on the HSC attack and the Conti behind it. The Conti ransomware group, responsible for a debilitating ransomware attack on Ireland's health service executive, or HSC, on May 14th, officials say that a ransomware demand of $20 million will not be paid, and while Conti has released an unverified decryption tool to the service, the group has still threatened to sell or leak HSC records allegedly stolen during the attack. Dublin's High Court has issued an injunction against Conti under Persons Unknown in an effort to stop the spread of stolen information. At the time of writing, staff are still unable to access email. There are delays with issuing birth, death, and marriage certificates. The COVID-19 vaccination program is rolling out as normal, but there may also be delays in receiving test results. Now the FBI has identified at least 16 Conti ransomware attacks targeting U.S. healthcare and first responder networks, including law enforcement agencies, emergency medical services, 911 dispatch centers, and municipalities within the last year. These healthcare and first responder networks are among the more than 400 organizations worldwide victimized by Conti, over 290 of which are located in the U.S. Like most ransomware variants, Conti typically steals victims' files and encrypts the servers and workstations in an effort to force a ransom payment from the victim. The ransom letter instructs victims to contact the actors through an online portal to complete the transaction. If the ransom is not paid, the stolen data is sold or published to a public site controlled by the Conti actors. Ransom amounts vary widely, and we assess are tailored to the victim. Recent ransom demands have been as high as $25 million U.S. So what's the upshot for you? Ransomware as a service just should not be happening. When you add up all the numbers, you realize that the cloud service providers must be enablers of some of these services, and it really is time to rein things in. Our next story comes to us from IsThisAcyberAttack.com. And now, the definitive 
definitive guide to whether you've suffered a cyber attack. Most things that get called cyber attacks aren't. And here's why it matters. Definition. A cyber attack is a cyber operation, whether offensive or defensive, that is reasonably expected to cause injury or death to persons or damage or destruction to objects. One of the attacks listed was the Conti attack on HSE, the Irish Health System. Was it classified as a cyber attack? Now you can find out. So, what's the upshot for you? Like it or not, we now have a formal definition. Our next story is from Wired. Artificial intelligence can write disinformation now and dupe human readers. Georgetown researchers used text generator GPT-3 to write misleading tweets about climate change and foreign affairs. People found the posts persuasive. When OpenAI demonstrated a powerful artificial intelligence algorithm capable of generating coherent text last June, its creators warned that the tool could potentially be wielded as a weapon of online misinformation. Now a team of disinformation experts has demonstrated how effectively that algorithm, called GPT-3, could be used to mislead and misinform. The Georgetown researchers say GPT-3, or a similar AI language algorithm, could prove especially effective for automatically generating short messages on social media, what the researchers call one-to-many misinformation. In experiments, the researchers found that GPT-3's writing could sway readers' opinions on issues of international diplomacy. The researchers showed volunteers sample tweets written by GPT-3 about the withdrawal of U.S. troops from Afghanistan and U.S. sanctions on China. In both cases, they found that participants were swayed by the messages. After seeing posts opposing China sanctions, for instance, the percentage of respondents who said they were against such a policy doubled. Researchers note that the algorithm does not seem capable of reliably generating coherent and persuasive articles much longer than a tweet. But the machines are only going to get better. So, what's the upshot for you? Oh no, that's all we need. Dumb AI. Our next story from Silicon Angle. Perlmutter, said to be the world's fastest AI supercomputer, comes online. The Perlmutter system, according to NVIDIA Corp, whose graphics chips it uses in large numbers, is the fastest on the planet when it comes to handling the 16- and 32-bit mixed-phase precision math that's used by AI applications. It will be tasked with tackling some of the most difficult science challenges in astrophysics and climate science, such as creating a 3D map of the universe and probing subatomic interactions for green energy sources, NVIDIA said. The system is a Hewlett-Packard Enterprise company-built Cray supercomputer that boasts some serious processing power. It's powered by a whopping 6,159 NVIDIA A100 Tensor Core graphics processing units, which are the most advanced graphics processing units NVIDIA has built. Perlmutter will be used by researchers to assemble what will be the largest 3D map of the universe ever made by processing data from the dark energy spectroscopic instrument DESI, as it's known, which can capture images up to 5,000 galaxies in a single exposure. 
The idea is that by building a 3D map of the universe, scientists will be able to learn more about dark energy, which is the mysterious physics that's said to be responsible for the accelerating expansion of the universe. The supercomputer is fittingly named after astrophysicist Saul Perlmutter, who won a Nobel Prize for his work that led to the discovery of dark energy in 2011. So, what's the upshot for you? We will need a 3D map of the universe when some of these commercial space trip ventures really do start to take off shortly. This must be smart AI. Our next story from Chemistry World is global. Artificial intelligence system can predict the impact of research. An artificial intelligence system trained on almost 40 years of the scientific literature correctly identified 19 out of 20 research papers that have had the greatest scientific impact on biotechnology and has selected 50 recent papers it predicts will be among the top 5% of biotechnology papers in the future. Scientists say the system could be used to find hidden gems of research overlooked by other methods and even to guide decisions on funding allocations so that it will be most likely to target promising research. As with all machine learning systems, due care needs to be taken to reduce systemic biases. The system has already attracted some criticism. Andreas Bender, a chemist at the University of Cambridge, wrote on Twitter that Delphi will only serve to perpetuate existing academic biases. While Daniel Koch, a molecular biophysicist at King's College London, tweeted, Unfortunately, once again, impactful is defined mostly by citation-based metrics, so what's optimized is scientific self-reference. So, what's the upshot for you? Who cares what Bender and Koch say? AI has indicated that this is the best IT privacy and security weekly update ever. So this must be a really smart AI. Our next story from Australia. Owned passwords, open source, and the .NET Foundation, and working with the FBI. Troy Hunt set up Have I Been Pwned? HIBP in 2013, and the .com is now said to be getting a billion requests a month. Hunt previously shared that maintaining the site solo had brought him very close to burnout, and he has repeatedly looked for ways to spread the burden. Open sourcing the code that powers the site appears to be the most publicly transparent way to do that without selling 10 billion login credentials to a profit-motivated corporation. Last year, Hunt announced plans to make key portions of the system open source for others to pick up, use, and improve. Now, the pwned passwords codebase is available from GitHub under a BSD 3-clause license. Hunt also said the FBI has offered to feed known compromised passwords into HIBP. Today, it's finally happened with Pwned Passwords now completely open to all. That's only been possible with the help of the .NET Foundation because I've said many times now, this is new territory for me. And just to make things really interesting, we're all going to build some code for the FBI to feed passwords obtained in the process of their various investigations into HIBP. 
Their goal here is perfectly aligned with mine and, I dare say, with the goals of most people reading this, to protect people from account takeovers by proactively warning them when their passwords have been compromised. Cool. So, what's the upshot for you? Troy Hunt has done an amazing job with this, but it's been such a load to carry on his shoulders. We're glad to see that others are providing a little more help to what must be becoming a relatively costly adventure to maintain. And from New Scientist, a story out of Turkey. Drones may have attacked humans fully autonomously for the first time. This story provided to the update by DA's own DJ KK. The March 2020 attack was in Libya and perpetrated by a Cargo 2 quadcopter drone produced by Turkish military tech company STM during a conflict between Libyan government forces and a breakaway military faction led by Khalifa Haftar, commander of the Libyan National Army, the Star reports, adding. The Cargo 2 is fitted with an explosive charge and the drone can be directed at a target in a kamikaze attack, detonating on impact. The drones were operating in a highly effective autonomous mode that required no human controller and the reporter notes, the lethal autonomous weapons systems were programmed to attack targets without requiring data connectivity between the operator and the munition. In effect, a true fire-forget-and-find capability, suggesting the drones attacked on their own. How brittle is the object recognition system, Callenborn asked in the report. How often does it misidentify targets? Jack Watling at UK defense think tank Royal United Services Institute told New Scientist, This does not show that autonomous weapons would be impossible to regulate, he says, but it does show that the discussion continues to be urgent and important. The technology isn't going to wait for us. In August of last year, Human Rights Watch warned of the need for legislation against killer robots, while NYC mayoral candidate Andrew Yang has called for a global ban on them, something the U.S. and Russia are against. So what's the upshot for you? Quick, call Arnold. We'd like these terminated. From TechCrunch, a global story. Tesla has activated its in-car camera to monitor drivers using autopilot. In a software update, Tesla indicated the cabin camera above the rearview mirror can now detect and alert driver inattentiveness while autopilot is engaged. Notably, Tesla has a closed-loop system for the data, meaning imagery captured by the camera does not leave the car. The system cannot save or transmit information unless data sharing is enabled, according to Tesla. Tesla has faced criticism for not activating a driver monitoring system within the vehicle, even as evidence mounted that owners were misusing the system. Owners have posted dozens of videos on YouTube and TikTok abusing the autopilot system some of whom have filmed themselves sitting in the back seat as the vehicle drives along the highway. Several fatal crashes involving Tesla vehicles that had autopilot engaged put pressure on the company to act. The move comes just a week after Tesla tweeted that its Model Y and Model 3 vehicles bound for North American customers are being built without radar. 
The decision to pull radar out of the vehicles has caused some blowback for the company. Consumer Reports no longer lists the Model 3 as a top pick, and the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety said it plans to remove the Model 3's top safety pick plus designation. The National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration has said that the Model 3 and Model Y vehicles built on or after April 27, 2021 will no longer receive the agency's checkmark for automatic emergency braking, forward collision warning, lane departure warning, and dynamic brake support. So what's the upshot for you? Paparazzi was the most downloaded app from Apple this weekend. You actually cannot take selfies with it. Is Elon trying to buck the trend? Honey, I'm just going out to the car to do some selfies. Our next is a Norwegian story from Electrek. Tesla is found guilty of throttling charging speed, asked to pay $16,000 US to thousands of owners. In court in Norway, Tesla was found guilty of throttling charging speed and battery capacity through a software update. Unless it appeals, Tesla is going to have to pay $16,000 US to each of the thousands of owners affected in the country. The fine could be even more significant as other similar legal efforts are on the way in other countries. Only Model S and Model X vehicles with 85 kilowatt hour battery packs, which were discontinued in 2016, seem to be affected at that point. For most owners, the range drop happened after updating Tesla's 2019.16.1 and 2 software updates. Tesla told us the goal of the update is to protect the battery and improve battery longevity, and it resulted in a range loss for only a small percentage of users. There could be over 10,000 Tesla owners affected by the update in Norway alone, which would make the fine quite pricey for the automaker. But more importantly, it could also set the tone for several other similar lawsuits, including one in the U.S. So, what's the upshot for you? When a battery-preserving software update happens with an iPhone, for example, you go from 10 hours to 3. When it happens with a Tesla, you go from 200 miles to 20. And then, what's the point of the car? From The Guardian in the UK, GPs urged to refuse to hand over patient details to NHS Digital. Senior GPs, general practitioners or doctors, have called on colleagues to refuse to hand over patients' personal data to NHS Digital in a move they hope will buy time to raise awareness of plans to place all medical records in England on a central database. NHS Digital says the data, which will include information on patients' physical, mental, and sexual health, will be anonymized. But critics warn anonymization can be easily reversed, and they argue the six weeks between the announcement of the plan and the beginning of the collection has not given patients enough time to understand what is happening to their medical records. Doctors fear that the automatic transfer of medical records will undermine the trust patients have in them. What's being asked for here is people's entire health record, 
So everything that we've coded in people's records from the time of their birth to the time of their death, including their physical, mental, and sexual health, including their health-related concerns with family and work, and including their drug and alcohol history. Essentially, all your most intimate, private details of your life is being asked to be handed over. So, what's the upshot for you? We agree with the doctors. Inform people so they can understand and then have a plan to encrypt all the data coming into the database. Otherwise, you may just be collecting it for hackers to walk away with. From securityweek.com, Swedish Public Health Agency says disease database targeted in cyber attacks. SMENET was shut down on Thursday after the agency identified several attempts to gain unauthorized access to the database, but it was restored by Friday night. On Thursday, the public health agency announced it had shut down the database to prevent hacking attempts and immediately launched an investigation into the matter. The incident was also reported to the relevant authorities. Work is underway to investigate as quickly as possible whether anyone may have accessed sensitive personal data from the database, as well as sort out and rectify any deficiencies. So what's the upshot for you? Might the doctor's ears in the UK be ringing over this story? From the Global Times in China, China maintains artificial sun at 120 million degrees Celsius for over 100 seconds, setting a new world record. China broke the record by keeping the experimental advanced superconducting tokamak by achieving plasma temperature at 120 million Celsius for 101 seconds and 160 million Celsius for 20 seconds, a major step towards the test run of the fusion reactor. The tokamak device is located at the Hefei Institute of Physical Science of the Chinese Academy of Sciences. It is designed to replicate the nuclear fusion process that occurs naturally in the sun and stars to provide almost infinite clean energy through controlled nuclear fusion. Achieving a plasma temperature above 100 million centigrade is one of the key challenges to harness nuclear fusion. At the end of 2020, South Korea reached 100 million centigrade for 20 seconds. The temperature at the core of the sun is widely believed to be 15 million degrees centigrade, meaning that the plasma at the device's core will be seven times hotter than that of the sun. If the technology can be applied commercially, it will have huge economic benefits. But that is many, many years away. So what's the upshot for you? We hope the scientists remember to don their sunglasses before this last test. From NPR.org, how well can you hear audio quality? This one is a you-have-to-try-it experiment. Find the full transcript in the podcast notes or search NPR.org. A high-def test for your ears and your audio equipment. Listen to the songs and see if you can tell the difference between an MP3 and an uncompressed audio file. Apparently, many listeners of our podcast cannot hear the difference between uncompressed audio files and MP3s. So when it comes to audio quality, the size of the file isn't everything. There are plenty of other ingredients to consider, too, from the quality of your headphones to the size of the room you're sitting in to, well, your own ears. 
So, what's the upshot for you? Don't be sad. If you tried the test and missed a few of these, it means next time you can buy cheaper headphones. Whatever the case, our podcasts will always be high fidelity. And that's it for this week. Thanks for joining us and keeping it private, safe, and secure. What? What did you say? Oh, yes. See you in seven. We'll be right back.